Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the sermon this morning is Psalm 42, but before we get to that, I want to tell you some things that scientists have found out about being human, which I hope will help you appreciate the voice that you're going to hear in Psalm 42 a little more. One thing is what the psychologist Daniel Kahneman discovered. In his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, Kahneman said that he wanted to find out why people so often make decisions that don't make rational sense. My wife tells me that all the time. (laughs) Kahneman did a lot of experiments with people, and one thing he found out is that human creatures are made up of what he calls two selves. One is your experiencing self, and the other is your remembering self. The experiencing self is, of course, the one that does your living. It's the part of you that focuses on the here and now and notices what you are doing while you are doing it. The remembering self is, of course, the one that looks back on your experiences. It's the one that composes all the stories of your life the vacations you took, the kidney stone you had a couple of years ago, the funny thing that happened last week at the office, and so on. And it stores those memories for future reference. Now, without going into all the details, Kahneman's experiments showed him that your remembering self has a lot of decision-making power over your experiencing self. After all, memories are all that you get to keep from your experiences of living. And so when you think back upon the events of your life, the only perspective you can adopt is that of your remembering self. So Kahneman comes to what he admits is an odd conclusion, but I think it's really true. He says this, as odd as it may seem, I am my remembering self, and the experiencing self who does my living is like a stranger to me. So, I am my remembering self. Now consider this, if that's true, then bad memories have the potential to intrude upon your daily experience, your experiencing self, and do everything from disrupt it to cause havoc in it. It's why people who suffer severe traumas in their lives can lose their capacity to think and to make sense of their their lives and the world around them. One doctor says that some victims of violence get caught in a time warp because that violent act is forever repeated in their daily lives. The memory informs everything they do. Maybe you know somebody Or maybe you are that somebody who is haunted by their memories, by unresolved guilt or by wounds that simply can't heal. Here's another thing to think about. If it's true that you are your remembering self, then to forget can be terrifying and dangerous on many different levels. If you are your remembering self, then to forget is to lose part or all of yourself. It means that your very identity is tied to your memory. I think we all know how true that is. It's why memory-robbing diseases are so frightening to all of us. 
One woman describes the effect that Alzheimer's disease had on her husband like this. It looks like the invasion of the body snatchers, she said. It looks like him, but it's not him. He's not in there. Somebody took him out of there. That's, that's so hard to think about. <laughs> so with these less than cheery thoughts in mind, <laughs> I hope you're ready and maybe even eager to meditate for a few minutes on Psalm 42. I want you to read through the first three verses of the psalm because when you do, by the time you get to the end of verse 3, you will see that the speaker, the voice in the psalm, is facing an emotional and spiritual crisis. Take him seriously when he says, My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? The speaker is suffering greatly. His experiencing self can find no place to rest where that question does not intrude upon his thoughts. Where is your God? The question and all that it implies haunts him. It challenges his most deeply held beliefs about himself and his God. He's in a dangerous place because no one likes the kind of inner conflict that he is experiencing. If his beliefs can no longer soothe him, he might go on this endless chase for answers that never come. As he thinks back upon his life, if his memory can provide no resources for him, if he has forgotten, or if his memories, what he remembers, causes him nothing but pain, he could be lost in more ways than one. Again, some of you may know someone like this. But look what happens to him instead. At this point of danger and uncertainty, his remembering self exercises its power. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad songs and songs, a multitude-keeping festival. See, the speaker finds a little rest in his memories of traveling to the temple with crowds of his family and friends. The speaker's remembering self had composed a story of this wonderful experience and kept it in his memory for use when he needed it the most. His sense of isolation lessened as he was reminded of his people and his God, who he was and to whom he belonged. And now notice that there is a dramatic shift in the terms of the conversation. For a moment at least, the speaker is no longer plagued by that question of the enemies, where is your God? Instead, his remembering self begins to question his experiencing self. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me, he asks himself first. Then he encourages himself, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The speaker used his memory to encourage his experiencing self to move from despair to hope. The bridge from despair to hope was his memory. Now, I don't know how many of you are identifying with the experience of this speaker or not. But I hope that at least some of you can see that with one turn of the screw, any of us could find ourselves in much the same position as he is in. So let me ask you, 
What resources would you have if you were suddenly faced with a doctor's seemingly hopeless prognosis? Where would you go to find relief from an unbearable burden of grief or unresolved guilt? What does it do to your inner life when the culture all around you keeps challenging your most cherished beliefs? You see, all of it is like one giant press of that question, where is your God? Come on now, right now, really, where is he? See, I don't care who you are. In those dark moments, we all want deliverance. We want healing. We want our lives back. We want our joy restored, just like the voice in this psalm. Our experiencing self, especially when we are hurting or afraid, wants relief. But that's just the problem. Healing, deliverance, relief may not come or may not come soon enough. That was the speaker's issue too. It's why that question, where is your God, was and is still powerful enough to render us speechless. So what can I possibly say? (laughs) What can I possibly do to get us out of this? Now based on the psalm, the obvious thing would be to encourage you to use your memory like like the speaker does. Now that might seem like trite and tired advice, but I guess the one thing that I want you to see is that that move to remember is anything but trivial. Because if it is true that you are your remembering self, then remembering is your constant salvation, your saving grace. When you are sitting with a friend, perhaps maybe a little disheartened by the events of the week, or worried or afraid, and they say something to you like, remember your baptism. Or you're sitting in a pew, alone, maybe discouraged, and you hear the preacher's invitation, do this in remembrance of me. Try not to think of those words as pious platitudes or empty gestures. Try instead to think of them as invitations to take a bridge from wherever you are in your life to renewed hope and faith. Try to remember them as invitations to remember God's gracious and mighty acts of salvation in your own life. Remember that this same God who did mighty acts for his children, for Israel throughout their history, has done and does mighty things in your life right now. Again and again, in their history, God bared his right arm on behalf of Israel. And just as he promised in these last days, he bared it once again for his children, for all the world to see when he raised his crucified son, his beloved son from the dead. Remember that story. It's the climactic story of God's mighty acts done for his son Israel. God raised his son from the dead. Resurrection and eternal life are what he has planned for his children. That's the story he wants you to remember. That's the story that he wants you to believe and trust. How awesome is that? 
Now, baptism and the Lord's Supper are a couple of places where our Lord personally makes you the promise that Jesus' experience is yours. Resurrection from the dead is yours. The verdict is in, and you hear it all the time. Here is my body and blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That's your story. Remember your baptism. Do this in remembrance of me. Heaven's yes. In these events, God has taken us from the clutches of sin and death and brought us to himself as a father holds his infant son. So think of the voice in this psalm as the voice of your brother in the faith. The stories of Yahweh's awesome deeds of redemption that shaped his desire and hope in Yahweh are your stories too. And Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, is the center of them all. For the life you now live, that means that your identity is not located in your sexuality. It is not found in your work or your status or your possessions or your accomplishments. None of that. You are God's own child. You have been redeemed. You are recipients of his grace. Nothing, no sin, no failure, no disappointment, no circumstance can ever change who you are in Jesus. Remember that. Remember that. When you are at the end of your tether, when you are foundering in darkness and confusion like this voice in Psalm 42, remember who you are and remember the salvation that has been given you. Remember that the day is coming. Our Lord is coming back. And on that day, your remembering self will be totally in sync with your experiencing self. There will be no need to move from despair to hope by way of memory because you will be there in its full experience. Your joy will be complete. Until that day, put the words of the psalmist in your memory. Tell them to yourselves often. Remember your baptism. Remember our Lord Jesus crucified and risen from the dead for you. And when you do, hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my salvation and my God. Amen. Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds together in Christ Jesus. Amen.